Hey fam, welcome to the Free Trail Podcast. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here today with Megan Hicks and Brian Powell, the dynamic duo behind I Run Far, the pioneering digital media institution that has been an invaluable resource for our community and a source of inspiration for many thousands of people all over the world, including myself, who has been an avid I Run Far reader and follower for 15 years now. Brian and Megan have both been on the show independently, but it was great to have them on together at this particular moment because it happens to be a mo- moment of transition for Iron Far. It was announced a couple weeks ago that Brian would be vacating the role of editor-in-chief after 15 years and taking a back seat at the company that he founded and that he has poured his heart and soul into over the course of many, many years. Filling that role, of course, is Megan Hicks, the longtime managing editor of Iron Far, along with a support system of newish people like Sarah Brady and the team from Lola Digital Media and the All Gear Group who acquired Iron Far a couple of years ago. As you'll hear, Brian isn't completely disappearing, neither is Iron Far, of course, but this is a new chapter for the publication that has been, without question, the most important media platform in the sport globally for at least the last decade. I have so much respect for what Brian and Megan have done. In a lot of ways, they have paved the way for free trail and everything that we're trying to do in the sport. So I feel a deep appreciation for their service. And it was great to have them on the show. Of course, we talk all about the changes at Iron Far, building the brand over time, Brian's path at arriving at this decision to step back, Megan's perspective and goals as the new editor-in-chief, and a lot more. Also, Brian and I are both running Hard Rock this coming Friday, and we recorded this shortly after Western State, so we spent some time talking about both those iconic events as well. We recorded this in person at our little rental here in Silverton, and it was great to have them both back on the show. As always, the Free Trail Podcast is presented by Speedland, the startup footwear brand from Portland, Oregon, and the makers of some of the best trail shoes on the market, including the GS Tam, my signature shoe. It's so fun to see people out on the trails all around the country wearing these amazing orange shoes that we worked so hard to bring to market this spring. Double Boa, Fit System, Double P-Backs, Midsole, Interchangeable Carbon Plate, Michelin Outsole. It's a product that doesn't cut any corners, which you can genuinely feel while you're wearing it out on the trails. Go grab a pair at runspeedland.com and catch a smooth 10% discount by using free trail 10. As usual, we also have pre-orders going for Cam Haynes' new shoe, the GSPGH, slightly softer than the GS Tam. This is also a really nice product that I would totally personally endorse. Free trail 10 will get you 10% off that product too with shipment occurring this fall. Finally, we've been seeing a lot of uptake and success with the free trail experts. So if you're in the market for coaching, come check us out. Badass trail pros like Black Canyon champion, Keely Henninger, Team USA athletes, MK Sullivan, Hannah Allgood, iconic physical therapist, Matt Walsh. They're all ready to take your game to the next level. The great thing about using a free trail coach is that you automatically become a member of the free trail pro community and get all the perks inherent in that 
membership when you use our coach. So not only do you get great, amazing one-on-one service, but you also get a vibrant community to share your journey with. Free Trail experts where coaching and community go hand in hand. Visit freetrail.com slash freetrail dash experts, or you can find a link here in the show notes. Thanks everyone for being here. Hope you enjoy the show. Brian Powell, Megan Hicks, welcome back to the podcast, both of you, this time together. How are we feeling? It's good. Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, great to be back, but uh, fun to be here with uh, Megan and you, Dylan. Yeah. And to be together in Silverton, Colorado. Your hometown. And we're basically neighbors for the next couple weeks at least. So, And it sounds like it's slowly becoming your home away from home too. I, I honestly, I've already been like scrolling on Redfin, just like checking out the local real estate market. I'm sure it's like every other cool mountain town in the world where during COVID there was an influx. And anyway, maybe someday. I you would, can be one too. It is such a special place. Are you guys like full-time Silvertonians or do you spend any time in Moab anymore? I'm full-time Silvertonian for sure. <laughs> Aside from work travel and stuff around that, but yes. I love Silverton, but I still also love Moab. We've got a little cabin there and I go there for four or five months of the year when it's the deepest winter here in Silverton. <laughs> Tell me about this winter. I got a burrito with Joe Grant last night in Durango and he said that even down there, it was biblical. It must've been wild here this winter. Silverton definitely had a wild winter though. The San Juans got clobbered and Silverton was kind of in the d- relative donut hole of it. Uh, of the snowfall, but uh, it was pretty intense and long. Um, definitely for any, if you talk to any local runners in the race or not, uh, training this winter was a challenge both through the heart of it, but also March and April, like just stayed cold and overcast and blowing snow, even if it wasn't a ton. So like winter hung around until May for yeah. sure. Well, I heard that even in June, it snowed much of the first half of the month. Up high for sure. Up high. <laughs> you know it's a big winter in Silverton when Brian texts you and says, today I sledded off the roof. <laughs> well, there's probably going to be some glissading miles on the hard rock course uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. And Brian, you and I are both going to be tackling that beast together. So I've got to reread the rules, but I'm pretty sure there's no rule against sleds. I'm just saying <laughs> a little roll up mat and just, it's funny. You know, I've sort of been like looking at people's training who are here and get ready for the race. And like Annie Hughes has been going crazy and she wanted to do a soft rock and it took her 13 hours just to get to Sherman. And of course she's running with micro spikes and an ice axe and all that stuff. So big winter turns into a tough Tough hard rock. Indeed. We should probably <laughs> just go skiing in them two weekends. <laughs> so as I said, we're sort of neighbors here for the next couple of weeks. I don't want to dox you guys, but you live very close to the finish line of uh, <laughs> the hard rock 100 too. Very close. Yes. Yeah. It'll be a, uh, a, I can sleep in till five 30 and still make the five forty check in in the race morning. And, uh, Probably log roll my way back if I need to. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's close enough. I was going to grab the wheelbarrow and bring him home. I can do the same for you. You're not that far away. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, this is easily walking distance even after putting together one of the hardest 100 milers of all time. So anyway, it's great to be neighbors and thanks for coming over to, to do the podcast. Before we talk about work stuff, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who want to hear from you too about some of the stuff that's been announced recently. I'd love to hear 
where each of you is at with like your own personal running at the moment. Obviously, Brian's getting ready for Hard Rock, but maybe Megan, we'll start with you. I feel like I'm jinxed on my racing for this year. All of the races I signed up for, I haven't done. One's been canceled for weather, one's been canceled for work, and another was canceled because I had a minor injury. So I'm uh, like one for four on races. I did Jared Campbell's running up for air, six-hour fundraiser race back in February, and that is it for 2023. That could be it for 2023. Really? Nothing on the docket for... In terms of races, Megan. Yeah, I'm going to do some adventures. I think, I feel like not getting to the starting line of a bunch of spring training races might have been a message from the universe telling me like, do the adventures that you've been putting off. So I'm going to try to do an adventure in the Wind Rivers up in uh, Wyoming in about a month. Like the Wind River Traverse? The Wind River High Route, they call it, which is like a north-south traverse as close to like the divide of that range as you can get without um, needing to actually do technical climbing. It's about 100 miles. Some of like the, you know, mountain runner type people who I really look up to in our sport have done it and have, yeah, have encouraged me to do it. That place is so cool. Actually, Harmony and I drove through there for the first time after Hard Rock 2021. And I was, I remember perusing like fkt.com to see what sort of adventures were to be had in that area. So it's a great mountain range. It's um, relatively un, unused. It's a really wild place. I've done a couple backpacking trips there. Um, there aren't like a ton of things that like kind of send shivers down my spine of like, am I going to be able to do it? And that's one of them. So it's kind of fun to be like sort of this far along with running and adventuring and be studying maps and thinking about something that like really, really like gets you thinking a little bit. Say more about that because I think this is something that is relevant to me too, of just sort of like maintaining the love of the sport and of the adventure over the course of time and how that's maybe evolved from you as an athlete, you know, between racing, which you've done a lot of over the years, obviously you've done Nolan's that was the last time you were on the podcast and now sort of like still being into it and still setting these goals after all the, all these years. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because Brian and I have a different relationship with running in our sort of mid lives. You could say like we both came upon running as Kids, you know, did the typical go through youth sports, high school, collegiate, on to whatever we do now as adults. Um, but I'm lucky enough that I, I like still wake up in the morning and I really want to run, you know, like even if it's silly and it's a couple miles and it doesn't really mean anything for training, I want to move my body in that yeah. way. Um, so I feel really fortunate that whatever it is inside of me speaks to me in that way and like gets me to do something most days. Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many things that speak to me. You know, there's adventures, there's still racing. Like I've done, I don't know how many races, if you count up like junior high cross country, high school track meets, um, like post-collegiate road 10Ks and half marathons and trail races. And I don't know, but it, like you still get butterflies on the starting lines of races. You still like wake up um, worried about oversleeping your alarm. Like, yeah, I, I love that feeling of being able to do a race. And I love that feeling of like 
drawing a line on a map and trying to figure out how to link it up. There's just, I think there's just so many different things in the sport that yeah. still can continue to speak to me. So fun. BP, how's your running going right now? Uh, I wish it was either the beginning of May or the hard rock was in mid September, yeah. but <laughs> same, same. <laughs> like I, I would say I'm in B minus fitness. Like <clears throat> if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have been hesitant to even say I would start hard rock and just due to fitness. Like I wouldn't, it's been a, it's been a challenge first going from always trying to go into hard rock the three times I run it with like kind of maybe not a plus fitness, but always like really aimed for it and had a good lead up to not having that and being like, am I willing to start if I can't run, like try to aim for my best. And I've come to peace with that as long as I was starting knowing like there's, I'm, I'm prepared to finish like in a physical sense. Like there's it's not a long shot, 20%. I'm going to yeah. finish like, I'm ready. I can get around the course, uh, and I'm okay with that. So I'm going to try to uh, have the most fun hard rock I can possibly have. <laughs> That's kind of where I am too. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, there's been a few races and stuff recently, and I haven't been like a committed real athlete since Hard Rock 2021 was like the last time I was like primed. And a lot of the times I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I either need to like do it or not do it, you know? But then I'm out there today for seven hours and come finish up and I'm just like, oh, it's just still the best thing ever. Like, I still just love it. But, you know, things change and you just have to maintain the love through and those it's, through those changes. Those changes can lead to loving the sport in a different way. Like right. uh, back in 2014, uh, I didn't have a qualifier for hard rock or Western States. And I wanted to finish a hundred mile or just to get that done. So I ran the bear and I ended up writing an article about calling it the, the experiment in exuberance. And my goal was just to finish in the time limit and just smile and enjoy as much of the race as I could. And I had an absolute blast and it was like, it's a different mindset and it's just as meaningful as going out there and crushing. And actually after that race, somebody commented like, I hope you get into hard rock and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I think it'd be more, and I, this is my response to that comment was, I think it would be more enjoyable to run a fun 40 hour hard rock than a miserable 30 hour hard rock, <laughs> yeah. which is for me, like my A game. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So many different ways to enjoy it. It's just important to, to continue enjoying it. So before we start talking about work stuff again, I'd love to just chat about Western States briefly. I saw Megan there, but Brian, you were conspicuously absent for the first time in what, like 15 years? I had missed one Western States since 20, 2004. Was it, <laughs> were you sad to be missing out or was it freeing to have that last weekend in June? I'll have to admit it was terribly freeing. And that's not <laughs> anything against Western States. Like nobody take any sort of political statement out of it. It's just... I've been going there and doing that for a really long time. And there's literally, there are a number of amazing things elsewhere that weekend. And I threw on a bib and ran the San Juan solstice 50 mile out of Lake city as a kind of, let's see if I am ready for hard rock. And it was awesome. And like, how was the snow on that course? Cause uh, that was like whatever. Totally two weeks ago. It definitely slowed the race down, but it was, um, it was quite manageable. It was more of like we were crossing bits of snow. Whereas if, I don't know. I haven't been up in a lot of the high country, but I imagine uh, Ice Lakes Basin or Wasatch Basin. We're just going to be 
on the snow for yeah. three or four miles at a time. And it was not like that. So. I imagine in all the years that you've covered Western States and how many times have you done hard rock now? Three, three times. So you probably go into it like semi exhausted from Western States coverage every that year. as well. <laughs> and also from free raise hard rock coverage. Yeah. So well, I'll be helping Megan and Sarah on the I run far team. I hope it isn't a, I've been working very, very hard for the last three weeks uh, and hope that I will get a little more rest ahead of hard rock than packing drop or crew bags on like Thursday night. <laughs> so since you weren't there for the first time in forever, do you have like a pent up, you know, takes that you need to get off your chest as a longtime trail and ultra running expert who knows the history of the sport and that race in particular, like the back of your hand? Any major uh, takeaways? Uh, that was probably one of those years where I wish I had a bib <laughs> and was running Western States, honestly. I remember thinking that the year Timmy and uh, Ellie read yeah. the record being up at Robinson Flat and I think AJW wasn't racing that year and just us looking at each other and being like, yep, I really wish I was running. <laughs> I ran that year. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty nice yeah, not yeah. running in the heat. Uh, but yeah, just not just Courtney. Courtney, amazing off the charts and also like, Katie Scheid. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> just tremendous. So yeah, there, there's no takes. It's, it's quite apparent. Yeah. Tremendous uh, accomplishments that went down there. I haven't done any like post Western States podcast because my brain has just been completely burnt out from that weekend. But I don't know, Megan, anything that sticks out to you from Western States. Well, first I want to know, as you were like commentating all weekend long, were you thinking the same thing of like, ah, this is a year to run this race? Yeah. You know, for me, my Western States days are behind me. Like I had, I devoted my life to that event for four years and had some good days and some tough days, but I've been there every year, basically since 2012 which was the first time that I ran also that cool year that you just referenced with Timmy and, and Ellie. And I love the race, but like, I don't feel the same urge to compete there that I used to. Like, I feel like I left pieces of my soul <laughs> on that trail. And so you're still and I, reclaiming and I just love like doing what I do now. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I want to continue just sort of like enjoying it from that perspective and maybe someday, you know, and, so where, where's the parts of your soul? Because I've got some in the black Cal berry Street. bushes on the end of Cal Street. <laughs> Cal Street for sure. Yeah. Much of my soul is still out there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, it was an incredible race, incredible weekend. We missed you desperately, oh. Ryan, but it's good that you got to get the San Juan Solstice. I'll be back there one of these years. Yeah. Uh, Lavaredo's looking pretty good on this. <laughs> I do have to say, Brian, like several bets were staged last weekend of how many years you'll be absent, whether it's one or two. Nobody was willing to bet higher than two years. Yeah. I'll have to talk to Christina Murgia of uh, Lavaredo yeah. and see if that's on the calendar next year. But otherwise... You might see me back at Big uh, Valley. This episode is brought to you by HVMN and their Ketone IQ Supplement. Ketones are important macronutrients with clinically studied benefits for increasing energy and focus throughout the day. Ketone IQ is brain fuel, naturally increasing your blood ketone levels in just a simple, handy two ounce shot. The perfect thing to throw down the hatch whenever you need an extra boost, either in your training or in your daily life. My wife Harmony and I have become really enamored with this product. Honestly, between running our business 
business, my increasing training load, and being parents, we've been operating at full capacity for a long time. I had specifically become overly reliant on caffeine throughout the day until I started taking this product. And I have to say it has really helped me to feel more focused and energized. And especially in my training, I have been having a ketone IQ shot in the mornings before all my long runs. And it really does help me feel steady energy for hours on end, even when the baby has kept me up at night. This stuff has evidently become really popular in cycling and is just now being discovered by runners. So go check it out. You won't be disappointed. Visit hvmn.com. Look up the ketone IQ. Use code FREETRAIL20 for 20% off. hvmn.com. Use code FREETRAIL20. Okay, so let's talk about work stuff. Last time you were on the show, Brian, we were talking about the partnership with Lola and what that meant for I Run Far. That was probably like two years ago now. So maybe just like catch us up on what's been happening in the last couple of years and how you sort of arrived at the decision that you wanted to kind of take a backseat. Yeah, just like the backstory is I Run Far was uh, independent from wherever it started as a personal blog in 2006 or seven to... Uh, we got acquired in January 2021 um, out of a nice place of strength uh, after the COVID stuff. It was nice to take that some of the stuff off my plate there. Um, and yeah, so Megan and I stayed on basically the same roles in, in much the same way. It was just, it worked out pretty well. Of us just cruising in the same direction, maybe some sales and some web development kind of stuff going off my plate, but uh, keeping the same roles and that, move forward. We quickly added uh, Alex Potter as a, a third full-time editor, which was awesome. Uh, she went on to do amazing things starting uh, last spring, spring of 2022. We brought Sarah Brady on as our full-time uh, editor uh, and just kept, kept plugging along. Like, it, it's interesting. It stayed much the same as it always had been. We added a couple elements uh, like buyer's guides and what have you, but... Uh, news, lots of news. Oh, news. Yeah. Yes. They had a newsroom there, which was nice for a couple years. And... Uh, so I guess we've actually expanded even more recently. We have a, although it's not directly under the editorial umbrella, we have a, a full-time buyer's guide uh, manager. Uh, I'm still involved very much in the trail shoe section of that and and involved in some other sections as well, but it's nice to have Nathan on to manage that because that was a lot of our time over the last year and change. So it's pretty stoked to have him come on board. Um, yeah, but through all of that, and if I'm honest, probably even before the acquisition, like I, I ran, I run far for a really long time. And as you say, you left bits and pieces of yourself on the Western States course. I cannot tell you how much of my soul is strewn along race courses and hotel rooms. I now have my desk. I now have a new appreciation. Megan and I were talking about this at Western States of just like how hard you guys have worked for the last 15 years. Like I'm sure it feels like you've left a huge portion of your soul yeah, on that and website. Like not just like tons of stress and uncertainty and hours, but also opportunities. Like I definitely gave up the, I mean, I was never you know, podium at Western States or anything, but I was sponsored ultra runner back in the day. And I kind of had, I was in my early thirties. I'm like leaving my law firm job and I'm going to devote kind of a five year plan to, you know, then I know that I have a little more time and space. Ha ha. Uh, I'm going to, to work up and shoot for whatever my best Western States is maybe an 18 hour, who knows, whatever. But, uh, that, that didn't happen because I had a different pursuits to, yeah. 
going all in on. So I definitely knew a number of years ago that I couldn't do the editor-in-chief leading I Run Far forever. And joining Lola, which became All Gear Digital, uh, provided a step in that route. Um, having Megan uh, willing and able to, to step up and become editor-in-chief uh, made that a lot easier. And yeah, so middle of June, I stepped down as editor-in-chief. Uh, and I'm still with I Run Far. Uh, I'm still supposed to be working about halftime. That's that transition in time hasn't, <laughs> hasn't quite happened yet. It's not, it's not the uh, full-on 80-hour weeks of uh, covering Western states on site or, or the 50-hour weeks at home, but it's uh, certainly more than I'm supposed to be doing. But that's a transition period, and that's part of moving forward. Was there a moment where you felt like, okay, I need to take a backseat now, or has it just sort of been building over the last couple of years? And with all gear, it felt like, I run far was in a good position for you to take a back seat or I think it's less me feeling like it's time for me to take a back seat and more of, I need to, yeah. I need to, I, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. If that, I think that's a fair assessment. Like oh. I had just gone to the well and so many times and so consistently on I run far that, yeah, like I just like, just need a break. I just need a break to recharge the batteries to, I mean, it's funny, like as kind of was transitioning out from, from my leading I run far to Megan was talking to the, the person I report to. And I'm like, we had conversations. Like, could I go back full time at I run far at some point? Like not a desperation, but like, could there be some role or some evolution or some new thing for me to do? Um, it's possible right now. I need to go yeah. <laughs> part time and, uh, yeah. Catch up on life, catch up on running and fishing. Yeah. So Megan, maybe I'd love to hear your side of this too, but also I think for the listeners, it would be helpful to hear like how you guys have divided roles and responsibilities over time, just because I don't know if it's necessarily obvious to everybody. You mean roles and responsibilities between Brian and I? Yes. Yeah. So I'd say probably for the last like eight or so years, Brian has led sort of like the business and web development sides of I Run Far, and I've led the editorial or the front-end side. So what you see on the front of I Run Far is stuff that sort of like went through my filter and then how I Run Far works and that it's a successful operation was in the purveyance of, of Brian's realm. Um, and I guess as we transfer roles, that's probably going to happen. But to be honest with you, like... I've only been in this leadership role for a couple of weeks, and the only thing I've done is uh, put on a couple of race coverages. So um, I feel like every single day I'm asking Brian some questions of like, what am I supposed to know about this thing right now? Um, <laughs> Which is interesting because like, in that sense, we've always been a team. Like kind of I was I was the editor. You managed the you man you were a managing editor and you managed the day-to-day, -day, the the flow of articles coming down the, the pike. Um, getting them ready for publication, leading Sarah and Alex previously in doing that. But if there was a sticky question, we would chat about it. Or if there's like, oh, how do we address this? Or should we cover this or not? And something meaningful, not a regular news story. So Megan, that. do you think you're going to sort of take over more of the business side of stuff now? I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> and maybe we'll get to that after this summer. I mean, we're... You know, so we're sort of deep in and that we've right. covered two races in the last four weeks in 
little under two weeks, we're going to be covering another one. So we're just um, keeping the ship afloat right. and steering in the right direction. Can't change right now. too much immediately. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Introduce us to Sarah Brady. So Sarah Brady is an Iron Fars managing editor. She took over my position. She's an Irish mountain trail and ultra runner. Um, she's has both undergraduate and graduate degrees in like the field of editing and publishing. So while Brian and I are or were like more self-trained in journalism and editing and in writing, Sarah's actually trained in that. So uh, she's very high functioning um, in that like sort of editing and knowing the storyline and how to help craft the storyline. Um, where I think she's going to be growing into the position of managing editor is um, in working with a team and leading a team and um, managing sort of group dynamics and people dynamics. She's a hell of a runner. Um, she just represented Team Ireland at the Trail Running World Championships 80K. Yeah. So she uh, qualified for that, represented her nation, and here we are. So, Megan, I'd love to hear your perspective of kind of what Brian just said too about him getting to a place where it's like, I need to take a break right now. Obviously you guys are business partners, but your life partners too. And the ups and downs of the journey are real. Right. And so I'm sure you had to, you know, be support in a lot of those situations where Brian was feeling like on the edge. And I'm sure the opposite is also true where Brian's had to be there for you. We had really, really good timing on that. Cause it definitely happened to each of us. But almost, I don't know if it's never happened at the same time for both of us, or one of us always stepped up for the other. Because, yeah. yeah, I would be at my breaking point, and Meg would be there to, to, to nurse me, and, and, and vice versa, for sure. So, I mean, he's been doing it for 15 years. You've been on board for at least 10 of those 15. Anything you want to say about just sort of like, you know, doing this together as a team and partnership, and, and also like, you know, what it's like, to see Brian in a place where he's like, all right, it's time for me to do something new and take a break. I hadn't heard him use that metaphor until a moment ago in, in saying you can only go to the well so many times for your job. We use that metaphor when we talk about, you know, like running really hard races or performing in an elite capacity that the human body only has so many times where they can go that deep. Heard Brian refer to his I Run Far career in that way, but it's it's really a perfect way to describe it. Um, he's been to the well a lot of times for I Run Far, especially back in the day when um, there really wasn't digital media in the trail running and ultra running landscape. I mean, Ultra Running Magazine paved the, the way for I Run Far to be a thing. Trail Runner Magazine was evolving in the digital sphere at the same time, but Brian was creating something that didn't exist, and um, that was not easy times. Like, I can very distinctly remember sitting on the sides of roads while driving to races um, where we, like, didn't have the money to actually go cover the race that we were going to cover, but we were going to do it out of our pockets because we thought it would help grow Iron Far and, like, just some real come-to-Jesus moments. Um, Dude, that's... That's an important thing to emphasize. Like you were a pioneer in the space. You did like create something out of nothing. I, I read uh, AJW's tribute to you where he describes. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> where he d- but he describes like text messages of you saying to him, hey, I'm going to turn my personal blog into a trail running media platform. And it was like, you had this vision before it existed. Like Megan said, I mean, I'm sure obviously you've left pieces of your soul uh, on that, on that platform, but like, I don't know, it was a, it was an innovative pioneering thing. It's interesting. Cause I didn't go into it with a vision or a plan. I mean, I registered the domain I run far in July, 2006, when I was studying for the bar exam, I'm like, eh, I need something to distract me. I'd already have like a, a blog on Blogspot or whatever. I, right. Um, but I was, I was registered the domain and I'm playing around. Like I didn't know how to code or anything. So I'm like playing around with PHP and like, there just wasn't a good, there was no ultra sign up list of races. There was no really good list of, of different races and distances and whatnot. I was like, I kind of thought of doing something like that. And a, a year and change later, it was like, Oh, I'm going to make something informational. And when I quit my, that was like fall of 2007 and kind of come spring 2009 when I'm going to go move out with Megan in California. And I have $100 a month coaching client, which is my only income. I didn't want to have ads on I run far because we were brand new. We hadn't given anything to the sport. Like I want, I held off a year and a half of full time before I ran any ads. Um, but even when I moved out to California, I had a list of like, all right, we can put on races camps. We can eventually sell advertising. We can do affiliate. We can put on rate, whatever I can coach. Like, and I just had this laundry list of like, all right, so here's this website. I have no idea how that's going to make money or if it's going to, but like, here's how I can like put food on the table and you somehow what got the I best far was domain be ever in terms it. of, it was just me writing. There was nobody else. Like I mean, now I, mean, I evolved. That's one thing I purposely did was evolve it into being a multi-author site rather than just yeah. a one person's website. And I don't know. It just it definitely wasn't, there was no plan or <laughs> path. It was yeah. make it up as you go along. How did, uh, when Megan came on, that must have been a sort of somewhat pivotal moment for the history of I Run Far. Dude, do you want to say anything about that? For sure. I mean, she came on gradually and like kind of helping out a little bit with race coverage that that sort of randomly accidentally became a thing. Um, starting to doing a little bit of editing. She was doing a lot of uh, freelance kind of work in the publishing area and started doing more and more freelance or, you know, part-time help for I Run Far. And then it was like, all right, like, I don't know if, I don't even know if she offered or I came up. It was probably just one of those like over time, just suiting around stuff at the dinner table or whatever. And it was like, all right, yeah, you should probably it's time go to go full time. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're already working a lot. I'm yeah. not paying you a lot. So I'm still not going to pay you a lot, but can I pay you <laughs> the same minimal salary I'm making? And so we did. Megan, um, that was, that was a time where we had a third party store. Like so Megan was doing a lot of editing and I was running the I run far store along with the, the website Again, you're a pioneer and, man doing e-commerce before like it was cool 22 races i think i don't think it's 2012 i think we literally covered 22 races on the ground or something between the two of us Crazy. and mostly me that was yeah um just a tangent to that um i run far was the only place you could buy solomon gear in the u.s for like a year or two and like exolab stuff yeah, yeah, yeah like how crazy is that the all the hyper- people from overseas were buying ultimate direction packs like i sent so many to new zealand because they didn't have a distributor there and I was allowed to. And I was, there was, there's rules that different co- yeah. companies had, but yeah, I'd be shipping UD packs to New Zealand and 
selling XO calves to U.S. folks. Yeah. What a small world just a decade ago. I know. We're so I, big now. I mean, and time does fly. I mean, a decade. I mean, I've known you guys for 15 years, it feels like. and You, you still know. look the same, don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. We're look not going to talk about any pearls in the yeah, parties pearls. or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go into that in a future podcast for sure. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard to not feel nostalgic. Like, do you feel like a sense of loss, you know, in, in Brian kind of stepping away after you guys have worked so collaboratively over a decade? Yeah. I mean, if I can be totally candid, it's terrifying. Um, you know, like your life partner, your work partner, your everything that, um, as much as you try to leave work on the work doorstep and your personal life on the personal doorstep that as you probably know, absolutely fails. Like it's impossible. It's truly impossible when you own your own small business. And so like I catch myself like standing at that threshold of like, I want to pop into that work conversation, but now I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to let this guy work part time. And who do who do I ask? And I mean, Sarah Brady's that person. Like she and I are the team now. Um, but it's like re, I don't know, re. You have to find your groove again. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Just resetting like all of those neurological pathways that are so trained and and also comfortable. Yeah, I definitely. After Western States coverage, like during the week of Western States coverage, I just like answered any questions, did everything Megan asked me to do more or less. And, yeah. and then like, I don't know, some days a couple late after the race and she was home, I was, so Megan, this sort of question on a particular thing, like, I'm not the editor in chief anymore. Like you're you, the editor in chief you now, you've been managing editor and Sarah, this is, this is not a tech question that I might have the only answer to, but like, this is an editorial decision. Ask Sarah. And that's going to be hard. And I, and I said to him, you're absolutely right. This is instinct programmed in me that I've, we've had this type of conversation 9,000 times and I have to reprogram it a different way. It's very exciting. Like I'm very, um, honored to be in the editor in chief role. Like it's a thrilling sort of place to be. I'm really excited, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's very fearsome to, to walk a different path. I'm going to jump in before you say something, Dylan, and say there's a flip side to that. And that is. We've worked together full time and a half or double time for a decade now. And I would say a majority of our stressful moments or disagreement, heated disagreements are generally over work decisions and stuff. Yeah. Megan's nodding over here. Really? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're both so passionate and so involved in it that like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely strongly disagree on things. Have you had a hard time letting go? Uh, Even though you feel like this is so uh, needed, like I'm sure it's hard to take a backseat at, or to step away from the thing that you created. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable in that. Like, yeah. I'm, okay, in like the newlywed phase right now. I'm yeah. in, and like I'm okay in the identity like side of it. Like yeah. it's it's hard to step away in the sense of like I'm not going to leave Megan in an alert here and like just all right. I've got my 17 hours in this week, I'm stepping away, like too bad. No, like I'm, especially with the busyness around the time of transition and a couple of race coverage times coming up, like that's, that's a hard place for me. And that will continue to be a challenge is just that, I mean, before I run far, 
I worked full time and went to law school. I had like one year in between there. Where I was just an attorney, yeah. <laughs> and and so I've been kind of working all out for twenty years now, and it's, it's going to be hard to to wind down and step away. And, and some of that's grinding away at like all of the personal life stuff that I've not taken care of over the last twenty years. But yeah. also just on the work front, it's going to be hard to be like, I don't. It, Saturday night at nine. I don't have to be working. <laughs> I'll be interested to hear physically how it changes, how you feel, you know, like as your workload decreases, not only how you feel physically when you're running, but just like overall energy, life outlook, things like that. I'm looking really forward to that, both in terms of decrease in stress, because I do put a lot of, or did put a lot of energy in terms of like just making those hard decisions and like that's super draining in the, in the long term, but I'm also the kind of person I've deleted slack off my phone. Like if, if work wants to slack me while I'm out running, I know exactly where cell service starts on the two County <laughs> roads out of town. And I would be the guy that checks email and slack as I'm going out and then coming back and yeah. trying to, to divorce myself and just have more energy and freedom in that sense. Yeah. So Megan, you're the leader now. This is, Obviously, you know the business, like the back of your hand. It's not unreasonable for you to, you know, sort of take on this leadership role. I'm sure you feel ready for it, but is it exciting or intimidating or is there anything that you're hoping to sort of implement as the new editor-in-chief? It's um, it's all of those things and more. It's every emotion. Um yeah, it's I feel like the absolute potential of the trail and ultra running community is we don't know what it is and therefore the absolute potential of what you and us do is also like so far out there that we don't we don't know what's possible for the media entities covering our sport so like it's a it always has been very exciting to do I run far because you're sort of carving a bit of a path like as you go um, following, like, you know, leaving your failures behind and following, like, what people seem to like or what um, advertisers will buy. Um, but it's, um, I mean, trail running went through a huge growth period about a decade ago. I run far really, you know, thrived and enjoyed working through that. And then something else is happening now. Um, it may not, we may not be seeing the same um, volume growth of like the bodies of trail runners and ultra runners, but the sport is expanding in lots of different ways. And I mean, you must feel the same way too, that yeah. there's just so much potential that um, we think about and that we just also know that we don't know about yet. Like yeah. we can't imagine it. So that's very exciting. Fill us in on like, how's it going with the the all gear thing? Because I bet it also adds a, another layer of support for the organization sort of moving into this post Brian Powell chapter again. He's not, he's not dead. He's very much alive at the table, but I don't know. This is just coming into Ask my head. Ask me on the 16th and it might be a different answer. Yeah. I'd love to hear just sort of like how that's going, what kind of, you know, benefit it's brought to Iron Far the institution and how it'll continue to be the case in this next generation. Yeah. So the goal with Lola and which evolved into all gear was to 
um, have a network of small, medium-sized media entities covering sports and have the organization operate as like the logistical umbrella to do the web development, to do the accounting, to do the HR, to do all the stuff that, as you know, takes up a lot of your day so that the field experts could spend their time doing like what they're actually versed in. Um, and so I run far becoming a part of Lola slash all gear over time. Some slash a good percent of that stuff has been um, like brought into all gear um, because like, you know, I run far was created by Brian, like the, the website was, you know, developed by him Um like not everything has been absorbed up in there like that. Some of that stuff still stayed on Brian's plate just because he was the expert in it. Um, And him stepping away from the editor-in-chief position means that um, all gear is going to have to absorb the last of that because like I don't have the web development skills that it takes to keep um, a website like I run far from going down. Like there are people in, in the parent so company that have to do that now. You're still like coding on the back not end? Not coding, but uh, I have so much, ex- I mean, I am not a programmer or anything. Like, let's be clear on this, but I've had so much, like 2009, I bought a, a, a cheap commercial theme and like redid it. And like, yeah. so just knowing the basics of server, not, not how to like, again, run a server, but like the basics of how the server interacts with the WordPress installation and the plugins and knowing to be able to get in the code in a certain article, if something's broken and like, Oh yeah, there's this blah, blah, blah in the, in the HTML, not coding a website from scratch, but like just having a familiarity and having gone through that, being able to articulate precisely what the issue is, what we've tried and even possibilities of what could be tried when I'm talking to like sort of the web development people. So whereas most of the EICs editors in chief at the various publications within all gear are going to be like, this is broken. (laughs) Fix it, please. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I can be like, Oh, like, yeah. Anyway, I can like take a look at the server and be like, all right, here's, here's the CPU usage. That's fine. Here's the traffic, whatever. Like, and just kind of know what to tell them. Whereas Megan doesn't know where to look or what to, to tell them in that sort of technical sense. Yeah. Well, good. It's it sounds like it's been a productive partnership, and look forward to seeing how it evolves in this next generation. But Brian, like, what's next, dude? This can't be retirement. I, I'm yeah. sure you know you've got things in the back of your head. I'm sure you're looking forward to a uh, rest of some kind. I mean, that's why I kind of like look at a semi retirement right now, just as a period. Like, I've actually like told Megan and told friends, like, if I were to. Mm-hmm pick up a puff, like a part-time opportunity or especially like a half-time opportunity right now, like punch me in the face. Like I'm <laughs> desperately need, whether it's actually taking a full sabbatical for a couple months or just, just quote unquote working halftime. Um, it's something I need to do to recharge the batteries. Uh, I, it could be that I'm just content working in like a semi, like a part-time role for a, a while. Um, Megan and I are, are frugal and, and savers is by nature. So like just that could be a possibility, but um, I don't know. I, there could be other areas within sort of the, the trail and ultra running world that I spend part of my time doing. Um, I am pretty passionate about uh, the environment and, and sort of ecology and conservation and um, 
I don't know if I could get more involved, whether that's through like I'm on a board of a, a nonprofit right now that does freshwater restoration stuff and become more involved, or if it's working, whether it's volunteering or paid entry level stuff for Colorado Parks and Wildlife or BLM or Forest Service or San Juan Mountain, or, yeah, some sort of nonprofit out here. Um, so I don't know. I we'll kind of like going into West or going into I Run Far when I quit in 2009, my, my previous job. Um, there's lots of ideas and no plan. Yeah, good. And I'm purposely not pointing myself in a direction yet. How's not your, even like how's your fly fishing game coming along? This winter's been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fish right now. I mean, I could, but uh, as much snow as there's been, uh, I've not been fly fishing much of the last couple months. <laughs> the sounds, rivers are too swollen. Yeah, it sounds like that'll be a uh, a good thing to spend a little extra time on, maybe Indeed. later this Just summer. Spending time outside. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I want to talk about Hard Rock, but is there anything else that we're missing about this, you know, sort of like evolution, this transition moment in Iron Far's history? Well, before Megan times in anything, but like one of the biggest changes with all gear is, I mean, for a decade, I was responsible entirely for the funding. Like there was, there's no, there's no trust fund. There's no deep pockets. I left my job as an attorney with five grand. Like <laughs> it was bootstrapped from the, from the way up and, I was the ad of marketing sales and I hate doing sales. So I would always be like, I'm going to sell just enough to pay each other like our terribly minimal salaries and get by. And if something got canceled, it was a huge stress. But anyway, like I got over that a little bit the last couple of years, just so I didn't have the extra stress of one company canceling. Um, But having uh, a sales team and and just in in an organization that both is committed to funding I Run Far and then having the the people who are going to get a a Chevy Silverado campaign or a campaign that's on Gear Junkie, one of our sister sites, and Bike Rumor that is also on I Run Far. It's bigger. And we also still work with the core members of our community. But having that there means not only was it just two of us at the time when we got, when we joined All Gear, we now have two more full-time staff and all of those part-time, but auxiliary use of all the other roles. So it was, you know, whether it's, we have five employees or six employees, who knows how you could parse it out uh, amongst everything, but it's allowed us to double more than double in capacity or size and very much increase our capacity. So that's been huge. Awesome. I definitely neglected to mention that. That was super important. (laughs) Cause we were also both at the breaking point, I think in that, spring of 2020 when we joined all gear, there was definitely like trying our best to hold things together and, and still build things out. And at some point that first spring, we're like, yeah, yeah. One of us is just going to lose it. And, and, and to their credit, the Lola then, and now all gear, same group, um, stepped up and brought Alex Potter in as a full-time editor at that point. So that's the biggest thing that changed and, and continues to be crucial for Iron Far. Awesome. Megan, any, any sort of closing remarks about this next chapter and how you're feeling about it? No, what I want to know is how uh, Free Trail and Iron Far are going to partner and work together Let's in the future. Do it. So. Well, I mean, if I can just say a couple words, and I said this to Megan at Western States, like I had no idea how hard this shit is <laughs> and like I said at the really beginning. Really good shit though. Yeah, like I mean, it's good shit. But I have a new appreciation. Like I can recall times 
interacting with the two of you, seeing how stressed you are and being like, what the heck, you know, like, it must be like, like, how hard is this? Like, it's the dream job, right? You guys are covering trail and ultra running, best sport of all time. But now I know, like, how hard it must have been to create this vision out of nothing, to bootstrap it to, you know, this institution, this invaluable thing that has added so much benefit to the sport. And I just want to say thank you. You guys have done amazing work over a long period of time. Brian, you really deserve a break. Megan, you deserve a break too, but maybe maybe we'll get around to that next uh, podcast. What, Thanks, Dylan. Yeah. very kind of you. Yeah. What you are doing with Free Trail is awesome too. Thank you. So I know... Um, but it's, it's stealing soul, right? And it is also like, you have to make real sacrifices. Like I said before... <laughs> no one understands that, but it, yeah. I remember, I don't know, somewhere in the 2012, 2013... Like a, we were not crowdfunding and like trying to launch something, but like, you know, asking for donations and somebody's like on Twitter, you want us to fund your vacation to Western States. And I'm like, you uh, have vacation no at Western States. idea. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, guys, super exciting, Brian. I'm glad that you're taking this time for yourself. Well, tell us about, tell us about Alaska real quick (laughs) before we talk about hard rock. I think the whole community needs to make sure and hold Brian to this break because I'm feeling like I'm backing out this week. If there's nothing that we, we all haven't learned about him is that, you know, they, you generally categorize people into two categories, the work smarter and then the work harder people. And Brian is both like he's a work smart and work hard person. And that dude really does need a break. Like he has worked so hard and um, done so much in the in the time that I've known him. And you know, let's let us all work together to hold him to the break that's incoming for him. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So, so I'm supposed to, or I, no, I, you I, are. <laughs> <laughs> this has really gone in flux in the last like three days. I'm like, ah, oh, I just got so much I got to do. Um, it would be great if I take a vacation. Uh, I've got a truck and um, uh, a topper tent combo that I'm going to pick up in two days uh, in Prescott, Arizona. And the plan is for me to to drive up to Alaska. Uh, I've driven there once before. And yes, that sounds environmentally horrible, but I'm it's with the intention of going up there and spending two months. Yeah. Like it's a long trip. And then once I get there, I want to take full advantage of that, use it to its maximum. And um, I mean... The big draw there, aside from just the the splendor and glory that is Alaska, uh, is, is fly fishing up there during salmon season and all that goes with that, all the other fish. Um, but it's also spectacular running, and I'm going to be running a ton up there. And if Megan holds me to going, uh, my big debate is whether I uh, continue to work part time, kind of in a in a lumpy way, or. Or just take a full sabbatical. Take uh, a full sabbatical. Yeah. Take the sabbatical. <laughs> what, a, what a perfect place to unplug to and truly relax. You know, yeah, I, there's these things called books. I hear people read them. <laughs> I used. To, I think I used to do this. Yes. <laughs> well, so. yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Leave. Leave the the phone in the glove compartment. Grab the fly fishing rod. Grab a book. And we'll just text Megan daily just to make sure he hasn't been eaten by a bear, please. Yeah, but yes, that's it. Yes. <laughs> but I bet, like, after 15 years of stress, like, there's going to be a palpable unclenching for you that will likely feel therapeutic 
in a beautiful way. Yeah. And, and there's also just a whole lot of, I mean, and you've thought about this through the whole sort of spring of deciding what Megan and I were going to do. Cause nothing was certain. Like we, it was an evolutionary process of pieces coming together, but um, both my internally thinking and talking with Megan and talking to some other folks who have transitioned out of sort of leadership roles, um, but stayed on with an organization um, kind of breaking both forcing transitions to fully occur and also breaking my bad habits of checking work email first thing in the morning and responding to emails that if I wake up at one in the morning for whatever, like just breaking those habits and it could actually make me a more energized, more re-impassioned like person in working after. hundred percent. I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did. We had like our own little, existential crisis in the spring and Harmony and Ryan and I were sitting in our living room in Marin, just like, you know, feeling at the end of all of our robes. Mm. And we were like, should we just go on vacation? And so the three of us and Ryan's partner, Addy, all went to Hawaii for a week and Aww. came back and we were just like, yeah, yeah, we needed to do that. And we should have done that, Megan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't answer those questions so you've had a vacation, yes. right? Yes. This episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition and the new salted margarita flavor of Gnarly Hydrate made with extra sodium, 500 milligrams per serving to be exact. As we head into the summer months, hotter weather means more loss of fluid, means greater need to supplement electrolytes. You guys know I am an electrolyte evangelist. Sodium, magnesium, chloride, and potassium are critical for proper hydration level, nerve function, muscle function, and body pH, all important stuff for performing at our best out on the trails. Guys, this product might be my favorite gnarly product of all time. You must give it a try. Delicious margarita flavor, some savory saltiness to it, and all the electrolytes and B vitamins you need, especially for us salty sweaters. As they say, it tastes like the real thing, but it won't make you dance on the tables and it won't make you wake up with a headache. Gnarly Hydrate Salted Margarita. Find it at gonarly.com. Use code FREETRAIL15. All right. So hard rock, you know, before the relaxing Alaska adventure. You got to make your way around the hard rock course I again. I get to make my way yes, around the hard rock course. Well, thank, <laughs> you. Know, I, thank you for reframing that. So yes. I know uh, the buildup hasn't been, you know, totally perfect, but maybe give us a, a sense of where you are and what you're looking forward to. And yeah, I think a B minus assessment of my fitness is about right. I also just turned 45 and rumor is that that like starts to affect things. Like I don't feel any less energetic. I don't feel like muscle wasting away, but like the same effort might not result in the same output. Yeah. Um, but I feel my Achilles and calves are as good as they've been in years, which has been a problem for 20 plus years. So like, that's super good. Um, I think I'm, I am very hesitant to ask anybody for anything. And like, so I got no pacers, I got no crew, but kind of a crew may have just appeared, uh, yesterday, which is, which is fun. Like I'm not opposed to these things. It's just like for, I don't want to like take anybody away from the Iron Far coverage team or other, you know, other people helping out with Hard Rock Weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I want to have as much fun as I can. I, I don't know if I should admit it, but I do plan on trying to fish along the way. <laughs> Not very much, but just for uh, smiles and giggles, you know, just try to catch a fish. You, know, you like, probably can't tell us where the spots are on the. Oh, course. there's a lot of spots. <laughs> <laughs> so I might go scout that out tomorrow, but just. Uh, 
reframe it. Like I know I can't run. I'd still love to run my fastest hard rock ever someday. And I think I can still run faster than I have if I had my best training, but that's not this year. So I'd love to get around, have as much fun as I can. Like a bonus goal. It'd be nice to get in before too late on night two. Um, And then, yeah, just enjoy it. I've kind of not intentionally, but I haven't essentially from the, aside from the trails in town, I haven't run on the course. Right. Um, We were away for the first two weeks in June. I got back and ran San Juan. So I wasn't running anything long before that. And it took a couple of days to recover. And now I'm like almost trying not to run on the course just to be like, I get to run 97 miles of trails. I haven't run in five years. I've run a couple here and there, but in the past couple of years, but it's going to be a familiar, like a naive familiarity. I don't know how to say that, but like just a nice mix of confident in knowing what's generally coming, but like mysteries along the way. Enjoy. Awesome. So Megan, you, I think you were on the list, right? And this is maybe a good like description of the I run far operation. Cause like, didn't, when you guys both get into hard rock, you have to make a decision, right? I was way down the wait list. Oh. Um, so yeah, I was drawn maybe like eighth on the wait list. And so I and just, that hasn't moved. Darcy's it still, hasn't moved. Darcy's still I know, first. Poor Darcy. She's going to show up here and just Come on, um, Darcy. hope in a prayer that she can get in last minute. But I, yeah, I mean, if I run far covers hard rock, we experimented in a few early years where um, we had a team cover hard rock, but Ryan and I still showed up at the starting line exhausted. So we decided. And stressed during it. Like I literally answered like, I'm you were going working, into tell you working on the going course? out of tell your ride. It's like solving tech issues on my phone. (laughs) Like that's not a good way to run hard rock. Thank God you guys exist. But the last, I mean, we've had the the fortunate, like through me last year getting off the, I would have gotten off the wait list quite late, but uh, there was a discussion of, we didn't have any like commitments because we didn't have any sponsorship coverage or coverage of sponsorship. And I was like, Megan, do I just run it? And us, we like not cover the race. And, we decided yeah. to and, and stuck to it. But the, even, yeah, it's just after a couple experiments that resulted in exhaustion, we evolved to one of us could run hard rock of at a maximum in a given year. So we talked about the incredible snowpack this year. Is there like a historical analog for like it, what, what year this hard rock might resemble? What? 2011. That was the year I paced Joe Grant. And, do, what and do you I was terrified, terrified <laughs> going over. We, like I said, we had dinner last night and we were just laughing hysterically about it because we were both very green, new in our ultra running careers. I had done like Leadville in San Diego. <laughs> he had done like UTMB and, and Bighorn, but we were both just like totally unprepared for <laughs> what is hard. There was a snow year that wasn't canceled. Maybe it was 2005. I can't remember, but 2000. 15 was a snow a year. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to, it was a uh, counterclockwise year, same direction as this same year. As this and year. I got to above Telluride coming back towards Silverton. There's Wasatch Basin all above like 12,000 feet. And you're kind of running in a basin for a couple of miles before you climb up to, to Oscars pass. And uh, yeah, was it dark and all the flags had fallen over and that's Killian wandered around there for 45 minutes or whatever. Like, who knows? I don't forget, and yeah. I did too. Like everybody did. If it yeah. was dark and during the daylight, it would have been obvious, yeah. but at night and I, I don't know why we didn't pull like, out phones and GPSs, but we didn't. <laughs> it feels like borderline 
dangerous in places on the course right now. Yeah, I, there's a reason I haven't gone. I actually advised others not to go up Arastra and down and over a little giant down into Cunningham because what I did today. <laughs> what you did today. It took you and you're here to talk to your us, personal so. worst hundred yeah. meters of yes. forty minutes. It took me forty minutes to go like a hundred meters. <laughs> like I will go dig that out with you if you yeah. want. Like I'm not a fan of exposure because it is a. If you slide, it's, a, it's now it's search recovery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it is on the backside, on the Ofer side of, of Oscar's pass right now too. There's a couple of those just like ice sheet, like you're going for a 1500 foot. And it ride. depends on when you get there. Cause like San Juan solstice didn't have a lot of snow, but there was an early in the morning was a couple places where there were shoots yeah. with snow in them. And it was only 20 feet, 20 meters. I don't know but it was still rock hard and you couldn't dig the edge in. You couldn't kick step in. And I definitely pulled out my little yellow pent or tent stake and dude, I'm, I'm going to carry micro spikes. I'm like, I got a kid now. I'm like, I'm debating on which pair I got. Harmony's like, don't do anything stupid. I got I'm the like, BD. Like there's the distance spike and the blitz spike. And I'm going to go yeah. test tomorrow was, is the blitz spike is like super minimal and like yeah. half the weight. But I'm like, all right, which one is enough? Yeah. Or is it depending on what time of day and what section? But it's, it's going to be scary out there in places. I do think like we should also exert a little bit of patience. We're still, you know, about 12 days from race day. The forecast is warm and the forecasts for the nights are warm. A lot of melting is going to take place. Okay. No I chance still, of rain. It's just sun, sun, sun for the, in the 10 day. And it, for the melting of the snowpack here, what's really meaningful is if it doesn't get super cold at night. Yeah, so okay. stuff can still keep, um, yeah, sublimating and, and melting. And so I think there's going to be a lot of, um, there's going to be a lot of snow on the course. There's also going to be a lot of mud, like the transition zones between high and low, I think is, are going to be significant and slow and sloppy and just goofy this year. But I do think like the race will take care to like cut the cornices away. And Uh, um, in some places I've definitely done some cornice (laughs) sliding at hard rock. I mean, I, (laughs) There's still going to be places where in the middle of the night, if you're on a steep snow face and it has gotten hard, like you're going to you need to it. take care. Yeah. But I think, um, I think the next 12 days are going to, we experienced it with the Western States course where, yeah. you know, two weeks beforehand, people were saying it's going to be 20 miles of snow. And in the end there was under 10 miles yeah. of snow, right? It does feel like in the same way that Western States was a uniquely fast year that this is going to be a uniquely hard, slow, hard rock, but yeah, it's funny. Cause like in Western know, according States, Walter probably begs to differ. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like Western States, I've, I've run in some quote unquote snow years and the high country is absolutely faster. Not just cause it was cool this year, but yeah. the high country can be way faster. If you know, if you can run on snow confidently, you're there. It, there's some like rock. It's not like super technical, but there's rocky yeah. sections and you're winding. And if you're just going from flag to flag or pin to pin, it's shorter and faster yeah. for, if you can stay on track. It's a good point. <laughs> Megan, as you guys walked in, Harmony and I were reading your article that I think you posted, I think it was like 2016, the uh, hard rocking, sharing the load article, which is just one of the greatest things ever published on I Run Far. And I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes as well. But I'd love to hear you talk about like reporting that piece, like w- why you took on that project and maybe some of the things that still stick out your mind from it. Yeah. So it's an article that's about the mining history and the mining areas that the hard rock course passes by. And the, 
the gentleman who established the Hard Rock course so many years ago, like really um, sort of in the same way that they did with the Leadville course, that they wanted to bring alive these towns that once um, really thrived in mining and um, connect those towns up and bring those stories alive. And um, I started coming to Hard Rock around 2011, and then we started really spending time here, like a month at a time or six weeks at a time around 2013, 2014, something like that. And um, I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to like geology and... She was an undergraduate history or geology major. So yeah. The stories of mining and the stories of the rocks and the San Juans. And um, the more that I dug into it, the more that I was enthralled with the stories of the people who were chasing the geology and the incredible feats that they went through to, yeah, just get out here, get up into the hills to look for minerals and to ultimately like in a lot of cases, not find a lot of minerals, but have like a really incredible lives. And so, yeah, the more that I dug into, into the details of those stories, the more it was fascinating to me because there's just these men and women. And oftentimes like the women didn't get the, get the credit of the men, but they would come out from like New York or Chicago or these very civilized places and somehow find themselves in these high basins that, um, you know, the hard rock course walks through and they made a life for themselves. They had kids, they homeschooled their kids. They sent them to town to pick up carrots and, you know, had them come back up in on a donkey or in a mining bucket. And that, that was their life. And, um, you know, such a remarkable history. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we think of ourselves as pretty like rugged individuals and that we can traipse through these mountains for a hundred miles at a time. But those, those people and, you know, the people who preceded them, the Native Americans who, you know, originally dwelled here, those are the the rugged people. Heroes, man. Yeah. yeah I'm just looking at the article now and like, for example, the old hundred mile boarding house, which is near where I went running today. Level seven, was it? You've got, in the caption, it says that, you know, sitting at 12,000 feet when it was in operation, approximately 40 men worked and lived full time year round up on that super precarious mountainside, just looking for their fortune. It's wild. Makes you feel, yeah, like slogging through whatever it is between 25 and 48 hours uh, makes it seem pretty simple. I, I have an idea with this article that now as the new editor in chief, you might be able to, you know, bring it, do a sort of second publishing of it, but also maybe like publish the audio version of it, hmm. in, including like the interviews that you do with Rick Trujillo and Charlie Thorne. I think that would be an amazing audio experience. I wonder for where I find a like an audio editor oh. for this type of thing. Come on, we're neighbors now. You can come on over. You can record. Okay, can you guys there. do this after the race? Because you don't need anything. I'm just gonna yes. step in here. Yeah, I love it. No, but this it. is truly one of the great articles ever published on Iron Far, and it's a great piece of journalism too. So I'll make sure to uh, to share it. But I do think Thank it would you. be awesome. It would exist in a really interesting way too. It's in an audio format using the voices of Rick Trujillo and, and uh, Charlie Thorne too. So I love it. Anyway, well, Brian, Megan, it's great to see you guys again. Thanks for coming over and 
sharing your neighborhood with us for a couple of weeks. And Glad you're out. in town, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for loving Silverton. Thanks for loving Hard Rock. Thanks for loving the San Juans. Like this place needs more people on its side. So yeah. thank you. I am. I feel fortunate to be here. It's great to have the family here. It's great to have another opportunity. We get to do hard rock. In, in <laughs> Just 12 keep days. reminding Just each other that. Please, for God's sakes, <laughs> melt warm nights. Um, and again, thank you guys for what you've done for the sport. And um, you know, thanks for all the work at Iron Far, Brian. I hope you have a great run at Hard Rock and then thank a you. fantastic vacation afterwards. And Megan, of course, the site is in, in good hands going forward. So our listeners will not need, uh, they won't be any, having any anxiety about that. So I run far free trail. Let us go forward Let's together. Go. Right? Yeah. Cool. Thanks again, guys. Big thanks to Brian and Megan. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Of course, gratitude to them for all they've sacrificed in service of our community. No doubt the site will continue to thrive in this new generation as Brian takes a well-deserved break. But of course, you probably don't need me to point you in the right direction. But please do read and follow and support I run far on all the platforms where they exist. Free Trail Pro members, jump in Slack. Let me know what you thought about the episode. I would love to hear your feedback. If you're not a member, OMG, are you missing out? There are now more than 800 people. Part of the Free Trail Pro community membership is only $10 a month or $96 for the year. And there is a free trial. So come check it out. See all the perks. And if it's right for you, we would love to have you part of this vibrant, powerful, and supportive trail running community. Thank you to our sponsors, Speedland, runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off these great pieces of footwear. Gnarly Nutrition, go gnarly.com. Use code FREETRAIL15 for 15% off the best nutrition products in the game. HVMN, visit hvmn.com. Use code FREETRAIL20 for 20% off this really amazing ketone IQ ketone supplement. Appreciate you all for listening. Love you dearly. It means a lot to have you here. Talk soon. Bye-bye.